0: Hello world and welcome to another episode of the Women in Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So on today's episode, uh we had a wonderful interview with um a lady who is a broadcast engineer, she's a podcast editor, and for a small while there, um good chunk of time probably, uh she was also a front of house engineer. And we get to talk to her, and her name is Brittany Richardson. And I'm super excited to have her on. She's a really great person to talk to, and we had such a blast. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share. And other than that, let's get right on into this episode with Brittany.
1: Well, now that I know where I am, I could go back to my house and grab <laughs> headphones. <laughs>
0: no yeah, no let's, I, no, let's not risk it. I know, let's that's, not risk it. That's how After I feel, too. After all of the tomfoolery. Yeah, no, I you're actually the first person who got lost getting <laughs> to the apartment. And,
1: like, you know, I pride myself on being good at direction. No, no. And, you know, my mistake was is because I clicked on the, because your address, of course, showed up as a link in the email, and I clicked on it, and my stupid iPhone pull up maps instead of google Mm. so that bitch is always taking me to the wrong place i'm so mad
0: nobody i am convinced that nobody should use apple maps anymore because all i hear from apple maps people is how they get lost and how they get really close to where they're supposed to be but not exactly where they're supposed to be and then they're like i don't know what to tell you i'm like stop using it um i do like waves though even though google did buy waves And that part kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. um, Lots of interesting things are happening with that kind of stuff. I could talk for days about that kind of stuff. But we're here to talk about audio. So (laughs) what?
0: Also, it's just about, like, I don't know, getting to know people in audio to me. Because it's not just about what do you do, right? Because I feel like a lot of times people want to talk about stuff with people who are in a specific field. And all they talk about, and don't get me wrong this is definitely primarily about audio, but it's also just about people doing sound and stuff like that.
1: I think people get kind of caught up in like the big sciencey words and you know what I mean? They were talking like really, really technical. And I'm just like, I also am in like 17 different cat groups and, on facebook so
0: yeah and i have other interests you know like like i love audio and it's a great job and it's a great career path to be on Uh but i also like baking cookies like you know what i mean like it's just like i feel like sometimes we get so dehumanized with people for sure Um, sure. and so i i want it i want to have my podcast be more than just let's talk Audio equipment, and let's talk what your path is in life and like stuff like that, and just sort of get down to more of the person behind all those things. Because I don't want you to sit here and like list off your resume, like that's cool. I could have read the piece of paper about you. You Uh, know what I mean? And so I don't know. It's, but it's been sort of weird trying to figure that out because I'm like, I don't know what that means, really. Like, I know the feeling I want, but I don't know how to like put that into words and it's, it's, it's been an interesting process. Cause I think you're like the sixth person I've interviewed Dope. and you're the second person I didn't know, but I had met you previously. And the other person I interviewed, I hadn't even met her previously. She was recommended to me by another friend of mine who basically like helped mentor her and worked with her at another place. And I was just like, right. You're the second person. Right. I don't yeah. know, but I met you that one time and that was super cool. <laughs> which is so weird but yeah so to dive into this uh the first thing other than us just rambling about our lives Mm -hmm. is (laughs) who are you and why are you here today
1: hi Mm -hmm. uh my name is Brittany Richardson I am here today because I met Tangela telling the audience I met I met this beautiful person I met you Tangela uh we met at a sound girl's kind of demo that was being held in the Bass Concert Hall at UT and you and I have both discovered that we are both women in audio recording and editing podcasts as a service freelance here in Austin, Texas. I moved to Austin, Texas last year in September uh to kind of obvi- to make more money, you know, because I I came I came from Corpus. I cut my teeth out at the House of Rock and um slowly kind of just worked my way into all of the bar venues on Corpus on the mainland. I didn't really get to mix too much on any of the islands, but um the whole little work I did out there was fun. But anyways, like I came up here because it just I wasn't gonna get any more money than I was getting in Corpus and I just felt like I knew too much to be getting paid so little, and I was doing too much to get be getting paid so little. Like it's a wear doing live sound is a wear and tear on your body. You no one gets away clean, you know. Like it it tears you down. Um. So I kind of I moved to Austin and to make more money doing sound, and I did. I ran live sound for a church, and I ran. Um. I filled in and helped out with a couple of festivals with, at Coming to Get Live. Um. And then it just kind of, like, slowed down after the Christmas season, but also, like, so did I. Like, that wear and tear that I was talking about. Dang it, I do the very thing I tell people not to do, knocking around on this stuff. Anyways, I um, I, I was really just starting to feel that wear and tear on my body, and I just wanted something that was still audio related but just you know not so hard on my body so I figured it was time to like go inside you know take (laughs) it to the studio and really like the studio was my first love like yeah plugging shit into making it really loud is is cool and all but there's not necessarily more science involved in studio recording because I feel like it's the same amount of science whether you're doing live sound or or studio recording you still have to know how far your waves are traveling? How much power you're using? All that good fun stuff. But rather, um, I get more time. I get to spend more time with the artists. I get to create a more intimate environment. I get to like design sound in a different way. Where I am, I go from making like split decisions, split decisions, to really like being able to try different things out and really honing in on something that I want, or something that the band wants, or the artist wants, and it's. It's an art form in itself being, and that's why I love like referring to myself as a recording artist because <laughs> as snarky as it sounds like i i i can that, those are my paintbrushes, my microphones are my paintbrushes, and the colors coming from the musicians are mine to wield any way I see fit, and it's just ah oh, it's an awesome feeling that's where I really fell in love with sound when I was in school I got. My teacher made the mistake of getting me a studio authorized and I spent the entire summer of 2017 in there. Like the and I was in there day and night. Nobody could tell me anything. I was I was in charge. I like it was a one woman show. <laughs> but I recorded a handful of things. I I spent most of my time with the singer-songwriter, though, and that's where I really kind of, even though I only had two sources of sound, I, like, went crazy. Like, I pointed, like, eight different microphones at him at one point. I had a GI line coming through him. I had, like, it, it was great. I locked him in a room with all the lights off, put a microphone in front of him, like... That was per his request, so I'm not that creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: somebody asked me for this.
1: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta <laughs> win you know creating the environment, creating the intimacy. Um, so I I figured I'd start doing that here, and I'd uh, kind of get like a, a main main gig. And my main gig right now is 40 hours a week at Fox Seven Austin. I'm a floor manager and on the weekends, and I work two days in the engineering department. I have learned so. Much about TV in general. Audio for TV, also, but mostly like electronics and like software and this thing called the air chain. Like, it's insane.
0: It's insane. Back up right quick, okay? So you said that you were doing live sound and then you went into recording and now you're out of broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And then you said something about being in school. So did you go to school for audio and then you learned all this stuff? Or was it more of a you just kind of jumped into it and learned? I
1: started at Del Mar in 2013 with a radio and television degree Mm -hmm. because it was that same sense. Like I wanted to do music, but I did not want to go into music teaching because that's what all my friends were doing. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I have a teaching job now, which is kind of hilarious. Um I I have a different like mindset towards kids now, but back then I was not trying to fuck around with kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were over there. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, hey, gosh, I don't know time for no kids. But I wanted but I at that point I still hadn't really realized that audio was like a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know how to be that tech, technical side of things but i did learn i started with little pieces of it in radio and television my romance with audio audio uh (laughs) my romance with audio really started in in rtv and when i ran sound on production days and when i was oh god being director of production days was also a lot of fun not gonna lie but um and then doing the radio part of my radio tv and, and just getting behind the mic and editing and the software writing commercials like that that stuff really turned me on and i was like yeah man like more of this stuff and then i worked in radio for the three most miserable years of my life um and it wasn't until like the before i spent three years in radio let me say this uh, it wasn't until the very end of my rtv degree that we went on like a tour of the music lab at del mar and it was the oh god it was the sound recording technology department and i was like what the fuck? This is what I wanted to do. Oh. Ah, so I was like, oh my God, I did the wrong degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, That's the If I had yeah, because I started with a soft idea of like, I want to be around music, but I don't, you know what I mean? So yeah. I was like radio, I'll do radio. And then it kind of, I did like, if it had occurred to me that like being an audio person was a thing, because I didn't even know it was a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I can't, yeah. I grew up out in the middle of the sticks and spit and like. <laughs> I grew up out in bumfuck middle of nowhere, San Diego, Texas, which is like an hour north of Corpus, off of Lake Corpus Christi. Lots of people have no idea where that's at, and I don't blame them because it's it's in the
0: middle. Of I know nowhere. Corpus Christi. Yeah, see, I knew it there must was be a blue. lake called Lake, Corpus, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know where the lake was, but I knew it existed. Yeah, yeah, and so see, like that's
1: where that's where. But it's okay. Most people don't even know where Corpus is at. But it's okay. But see, so I didn't even know being an audio person was a thing. And I found the music lab and I was like, oh, fuck. So I spent three miserable years in radio while I was going to school for uh, sound recording tech. And that's where I met Dr. Bissell. And that's where, like, I was, like, brainwashed into mixing. (laughs) I always say brainwashed because it's like when you learn this trait from someone you are learning from someone who's considered like a master or a guru, and you're really like raised on their bias of how audio should be tamed. Mm -hmm. So I was ingrained. I was brainwashed with the Bissell mindset. (laughs) We like the mid-range, but we chop it when we need to. And there, with digital mixing, there should be no sacrifice. You should be able to represent every single frequency Mm. without... Clashing or having to heavily sacrifice one or another source. So, a bit brainwashed.
0: I gotta say, sometimes though, I wish that I had that because I started to go to school for recording. I went to a private school for three years and then I left private school before I got hardcore into um, the more advanced classes. And I remember being so bummed about that because I never really had like that person who would like sit down and be like, and this is what you do, you know? And and this is how we think about audio. And this is, and then you pan here and this is why you don't pan there. And this is how you separate the things. And I had just read books a lot of books and even to this day I'm like somebody please come to my show who I know and tell me what you think about this mix like (laughs) like, but good on you for reading for so long and I'm still just like I just want to know like (laughs) you know like what can I do to make this better and because after a certain point you personally sometimes can hit a wall um without having that sort of um Feedback without having that sort of communication with people, and so when people tell me how they met these people and they like taught them things, I'm always like, oh man, I really wish I had that. I had it to some degree, but not to 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 the extent that a lot of people
1: have. Right when and you I'm get like, in school, you that's I, I got the a magical degree in math, thing. So <laughs> I mean, hey man, a degree in math is like. Is a feat, you know, like you <laughs> you get to brag on that, it, like you're good at math. You're so good at math, you have a freaking degree in I'm it.
0: I'm so once. good at it. I out of college, but um, it was yeah. So it was, yeah, it no, was, that's a major
1: feat. Don't it was um.
0: it was hard, but it's it's different though because I don't know how you approach um, audio. So tell me how you do after I say this, okay? Right. Um, for me, when I approach audio, I approach it from a very analytical place. It's very much so okay, statistically speaking or like you know ratio speaking it's very much so how can I apply an algorithm to this to make this sound how it's supposed to sound based off of the room based off of these things, and it's very much so. At least in my mind, because obviously I'm not like out loud, like, let me write the formula for all the different frequencies. Let me slap a Fourier series on it and see what happens. Like, okay, I'm not doing that for real, for real. But in my head, it's like, okay, well, how can I, you know, place these things and sort of and it is like building an equation in a lot of ways. Um, So how do you approach it from a different perspective? Because you obviously are approaching it from the mindset of math. You're approaching it more from a mindset of, you know, music and um, artistically.
1: Yeah, well, I I do appreciate mathematically though as well because there's an order of operations to everything. And I feel like that's all an algorithm is, it's an order of operations.
0: Oh, for sure. For so,
1: sure. So, um in in a sense that I do definitely have a lot of that technical analytical kind of view to it as well because I know all the numbers, you know, like I know I'm supposed to this board has this much power that it needs and these power supplies all have so many watts and all that fun stuff and then also from the aspect of like you were saying it starts with the room you listen to the room you have certain equipment that you do that you can hook up to the system and the system will like play pink noise and then the software will give you back what what's in the room based on what that all that all that stuff and then i after when you work, I guess, in front of house, you, you listen to the room so many times it's where you know you're going to get kind of this, like, consistent reading, whether the AC's on or off or, you know what I mean? You get this sort of consistent reading. So, you know, you're like, okay, my room has a lot of this frequency. So, I'm going to stay away from using these microphones because these microphones usually enhance those frequencies. I'm going to, let's see, like, I'm going to. Make sure everybody's stage volume is at a certain level because otherwise there's no point in having a freaking PA in this right. tiny room because <laughs> you are just blowing us all away and giving us brain damage. It's, yes. fun. <laughs> um, it's fine. We all want to be deaf. It's, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> it's <Okay. fine. laughs> Um. Yeah. So I'm going to um, also when I'm thinking about mixing, when I finally get to that point after the setup... Cause I feel like the setups eighty to ninety percent of the battle. Oh, for sure. Being making sure everything's working and nothing's gonna fail you, but it always does.
0: Are uh, oh, you plugged in nine into six? Cause yes. Upside down. Yes. All oh, the simplest. You're like, things. why is it not working?
1: Or you're, it's a changeover, and you're like, eh, why is Tom four Tom one now? Or just yeah. it sounds wonky because it's not a floor tom; it's a high tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh but yeah so when i when I actually get to the mixing and I'm thinking of applying things like e q and compression, I'm always starting from the bottom up because that's how you build a house oh for sure um, I'm starting with my lower frequencies, I'm taming my lower frequencies if there's too much, if there's too little um if it sounds like a horse stomping on a box or if it's down- sounds like a kick drum, yeah. you know um, and Just kind of like working my way. And all through that, too, I'm I'm still being like analytical in a sense where like I know 200 is going to give me uh, like the bit, the, what is, what am I, the mid range like bulge Mm -hmm. in a mix, you know? So I'm going to try and cut that out as many things that don't need it Mm -hmm. and try to like savor those for that, savor it for sources that do need it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to do things like. Oh, God, I just, like, hit a wall.
0: <laughs> I, mean, <that's laughs> cool. I mean, that's I mean, that
1: makes I sense. Do think, yeah, but then I, like, and then moving on to compression, I do things that, like, you know, my louder sources, like the kit and the bass, like, I'm going to put, like, light compression on those just so, like, the shinier things can come through, like, the high end and the guitars and the cymbals. And finally I have brass instruments, I really get that shine out of the brass instruments and all that good fun stuff. And just kind of seeing, like my end result being a house. It's like, oh my God, I did it. You know, (laughs) it sounds great. It doesn't sound too loud. People can still hear, hear each other when they're talking, but the music is still like loud enough to where you can feel it in your chest. And it's still like an experience. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it's definitely like a, like a hand in hand, like technical, analytical and like artistry and like colors and like shapes. And like, using your microphones and your board to paint the best picture possible with the colors that are provided for you from the band. And by God, some bands give you some (laughs) rowdy colors to (laughs) deal with, and you're like, oh, crap, okay. I can do this. It's fine. I can make it look like, oh, is it the color by number? I can do that.
0: Oh, can color by number. It's fine. It's fine. That's cool, too. Okay, uh-huh. those are very stress-relieving projects, by the way. that's That's what I've heard. I don't know. I don't actually color by number. I've never been much for coloring. But, like, adult coloring books is, like, a growing trend that helps right. adults relax and stuff like that. And color by numbers is one of the things that have been on the rise. Hard to. All the co- all the good
1: color by number apps you have to pay for, which is lame. Um, and all apps. the... Yeah. And people have you, books. <laughs> right, right. People have books. But I, I also... I'm addicted to technology. I hate myself. But...
0: <laughs> That's not dramatic <laughs> at all. I know.
1: But... So I do, I always do like a coloring book, like app or a color by number app. And it's always, you always have to like buy the colors or buy the sketches. And I'm like, I don't have money.
0: Isn't the whole point that it's supposed to be textile and you're yeah. supposed to physically be holding stuff? Isn't that the purpose? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm holding color. my phone. i <laughs> tapping. Tapping it. I thought the whole point was to get away from that. I know. I genuinely don't know. Um, it's not what I do to like relieve that sort of
1: yeah. pressure. I watch TV. I watch I, a lot of TV.
0: I'm actually not a huge TV watcher. I, I actually don't own yeah. a TV. Fun fact, that TV's not mine. Okay. It's sitting there. Um, it's my boyfriend's TV and he borrowed it from his roommate so we could play. Um, Cause I have a super Nintendo. Oh, fun yeah. fact. Yes. And it's like the old school one. Like I had it since I was like a small child after it had come out for Jealous. like three or so years. And my dad went to a pawn shop and bought one. <laughs> and Beautiful. that's what we have. And I've had it ever since. Um, but uh, I since I don't have a TV, I didn't have a way to play it. And so he was like, well, I'll just get a TV from my roommate and bring it over and we'll play with it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so we've been playing it on the TV That's only fantastic. because you can't hook it up to a computer. If ah. I know how to figure out how to hook it up to a computer, <laughs> I would. Fun fact: If anybody knows how to hook up a Super Nintendo to the computer, please let me know because I'm willing I to bet money that there's some sort of adapter that you can I'm buy. I'm sure, but I haven't found it. Like I, I thought I could do it like the HDMI way, where you like plug in the RC cables into like a box, and then on the other end is an HDMI, and then right. you plug HDMI into something, but. The one that I found didn't work and it went the wrong way. So it has to go in a specific order for it to work. It can't go, you have to, if you're reading it from left to right, it has to go left to right. It cannot go right to left. So if the RC cable inputs are on the right side and the HDMI cable is on the left side, it won't work because that's considered- So the wrong direction, yeah. So it's been a whole process So if somebody knows anything Please let me know Because I really don't want A television in my life uh, <laughs> I know it's like a weird thing To complain about well, I
1: but I mean no, it's, it's, I totally understand that it's,
0: I just feel like When people walk into rooms With um, televisions Like people's living rooms And stuff are usually Centered around Having a television right Because it's like Where else are you going To put it So then it becomes Kind of the, the focal point Of a room And I never wanted that I feel like your living room Or at least in my case my living room should be about inviting people to have conversations with me it should be inviting to like have people be here and be present with each other and it shouldn't be about what are we going to watch on television and that's one of the things that used to frustrate me with my family especially when um, I was younger because we would all get together and all we did was watch television we'd watch a movie together but nobody really talked to each other yeah And I mean, we talk because I'm, I mean, we're family and we did stuff together. And eventually, you know, you get over that kind of stuff because you're just being weird. But for me, that was always just something that I kept in mind. And so when I moved out on my own, I was like, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need a television. I don't, I don't really want any of that stuff. So, but, anyways, that's not really the point of any of this. (laughs) That was such a huge, like, tangential path that's okay but
1: here. like you know to circumnavigate <laughs> no. around like back to like having conversations with people it's so funny i tell my friends like i'm i'm old i don't go out and drink at bars and like gossip i yeah. or no, no no it was like not bars i don't go out to like dance clubs and like gishwasty and gossip i like go and sit at the bar drink an ipa and have open dialogues yeah. <laughs> about social about social issues like at a converse theater chit chat anymore
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not i've discovered that i'm not good okay let me rephrase that and this is one of the reasons why i i feel like in my spirit that this is going to be a good thing um especially once i find my groove in it um but that was one of the things that people have been telling me my entire life like tangela you know, you talk and you just have a way of getting things out of people. Things that you normally wouldn't just talk about with people. Like everybody's so about chit chat and like the small things and, you know, asking these sort of superficial okay. questions. And you're just curious about all the stuff and you just want to ask all these things. And I'd be like, mm, but do I know? Because I didn't think it was that unique. I was just like, well, how else do you have a conversation? Like, how else do you get to know people? And people were like, yeah, but that's not what they do. And I was this. always baffled by that. Yeah, like, oh, how's the and weather? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> then why are you talking? Like, if you're not going to talk about something that's like... It's a waste of time, you know, you're wasting your breath. Yeah, yeah. or like something... And, and, and to me, I'm always like, okay, well, you just asked a question. Let me ask you another question about these things. Or you just said this. Let me ask you another question about this. And some people are like, Tangela, you ask some of the most non-relevant questions... That are interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I thought they were relevant. Like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I they were relevant. I didn't know they were irrelevant. <laughs> they were relevant in my In my opinion. If that made sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think that's that's part of the fun of people, though, and and having conversations and and having people come and be like, so let's talk about stuff, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. just having that. Um, so I don't know, I think it's part of my very personality, though. So that's okay. <laughs> so it's, I'm glad that you have that in some yeah,
1: capacity. <laughs> I just just by what you were saying, like that these conversations, like they're my favorite kinds of things to do. Like when I I. I hate talking to people at work because it's never, like, these deep, profound conversations. So many wants to get into that at work. My existential ass, like, God damn it. But um, it's always just, oh, what are you doing for the holidays? How are you? What are you watching on TV? And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but I don't fucking care. <laughs> Shit, oh, I don't man. care. But I, uh, um, I have some dear friends that uh, I edit a podcast for, which I'm behind. Oh, God. I'm so behind on everything right now. I'm so tired, but I have three days off coming up, so I'm Lex and Beef. If you listen to this, I'm so sorry. I'm banging it out right now, but they, um, Lex and Beef, uh, host o. "I Am Queer," mm. um, and it is a podcast that explores, like, um, God, why am I blanking on this? They talk about subjects about basically like, um. God, why can't I find the right words to describe this? About
0: being queer? About well, yeah, no, also, experience like. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, That's what I'm trying to... Experience is okay. the word I was looking for. It's the experiences of a, a genderqueer interabled couple because um, Lex has... racial couple?
0: Interable.
1: Interable. inter-able. inter-able. Because... oh uh, a lot of
0: words I'm not sure right. I know what they mean. Interable
1: <laughs> is essentially... Well, um, Lex has... Um, osteogenesis imperfecta that's what oi stands for so that's why it's spelled like o-i-a-m-q-u-e-e-r that's how the podcast is spelled so osteo what did i say osteo imperfecta
0: something like that those were some of the words that (laughs) sound right (laughs) you said it and i was like no i said it and
1: i completely forgot what i said damn it but yeah essentially it's a bone disorder and it just kind of like you're bones aren't growing in the right shape so it could lead to like severe disabilities to where it can leave you wheelchair bound and things like that so and and beeve is just like you know she's normal she or i mean like i say normal of uh, anatomically typical i guess is how you describe that essentially like her bones are her bones are proportional essentially i'm like
0: i don't so, gee,
1: I don't know like, how to say all that
0: like politically correct. Yeah, so, I know. Like, essentially, I, I can
1: like, help you. It's <laughs> like essentially, if you were to just kind of say it black and white, uh, Lex is li- living with a disability, and Beave is not. Okay. And so, but they are both um, identify as uh, where Lex identifies as non-binary, and where and Lex is uh, and Beave is uh, feminine non-binary. Uh, so the difference essentially is. Will go by they, them, she, her, and Lex specifically goes by they, them.
0: They, them, she, her.
1: Yeah. So on, on, so like to be, Wait, but
0: if, I thought if you were non-binary, the whole point was that you were specifically them, they, right? And that's you're supposed to be, ne-
1: and that's how Lex identifies, right? Know, neutral. No, that's right. No, um, you're right. That's that's okay. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a right way of thinking. It's okay. And that's how that's how Lex identifies as like they, them, solely like non-binary. They, them, if you will. And then um, there are so many parts of the spectrum of non-binary-isms, as for my understanding. And so there's like hard non-binary, there's masculine non-binary, and there's feminine non-binary. It's where you you are non-binary, but you express a certain gender more than the other. Because um, gender is really sort of, in, in a social aspect, if you're looking at this and from like, if you're looking at society from a bird's eye view, um, gender is just essentially what we present. Okay. Not necessarily a biological assignment, but socially is what's socially accepted as feminine and there's what's socially accepted as masculine. Does that okay. make sense? Okay. So it's all about perception. Okay.
0: But, but you're not talking about like 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 um uh, like sex like female versus male in terms no, of
1: like it's it's um i think there's kind of like a a line that kind of separates things but not not really because there's a biological side of things right where people on hormone replacement therapy they're biologically male or female or there are people who are born biologically male or female right But and then, then they're then, transitioning into yeah and then so that's where together. you get the terms like okay. cis and trans people who identify with their born gender are considered cis people who identify with the gender that they weren't born with or considered whatever right. they they consider themselves whether it be non-binary or a trans person wow.
0: okay gotcha yeah. cool well that's a lot of information Fun
1: and new information a and a lot uh, of new information yeah.
0: okay so now that we've clarified that yeah the podcast is about them and their yeah. journey in life exactly
1: that... okay exactly and uh, like they're dear friends and we have we have these conversations that we're having right now yeah. essentially the way that i just like helps you figure that out they help me figure out so many things mm-hmm. and we talk about like in-depth topics just like you were saying these conversations that we need to be having with people about racism homelessness about transphobia about people you know not um giving each other the recognition we deserve how representation matters for people with disabilities for people of color for people who are gay trans lgbtq um just you know black and brown people we need to see more we need to see more of those people we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love being around Lex and Beef because those, like, how do I, every time I talk to them, I get new information on how to talk to other people who don't necessarily agree with giving people representation mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you know, whatever. You never, I think what is wrong with cancel culture and people shutting each other out is because you're not changing you're not making those people any less racist or transphobic or harmful towards society by shutting them out or cutting them off or canceling them. I keep doing air quotes. People can't see me.
0: They can't see you. But I feel like the implied air quotes
1: was there. So you're good. And so, and and it's funny because I literally just made a Facebook post about it because I saw it. I saw like, and I've, I've been practicing this. If I see something, I have to say something because it otherwise it eats me alive right. like even if it's just on the internet and people are like whatever she's just an S G S J W sjw nazi and i'm like so be it i don't care i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a conversation with you whether you like it or not i'm not gonna turn a blind eye to your behavior and just block you because it's not it's not right yeah. and so this post was like how is like homophobia transphobia and racism not like a complete shutdown for you in relationships and friendships and i reposted it and i said because um shutting those people down doesn't make them any less racist or transphobic uh if anything it re it re um god i lost the word if anything it reinforces their harmful beliefs and their harmful actions so uh, you can't change people's minds by shutting them out you change people's minds by having a conversation with them and that's essentially like what i that's pretty much with <laughs> i feel so cliche for saying this but that's pretty much kind of like a new year's resolution that i carry with me at all times if i see something i'm going to say something because that's just it's twenty it's about to be 2020 like being racist and transphobic isn't okay anymore like I don't care, Grandma. If you're 90 years old and you were raised that way, like you're gonna unlearn it. Yeah. So help me, God, who or whoever the heck is up there. Yeah. So that's kind of like you know, that's a side passion for audio that yeah. I that I really focus on. And I have all year, the word activism has been like berating my subconscious mm. because so much shit's just happening right now. So I. One thing that kind of ties into audio that I want to do is um, really dive into voter education mm-hmm. and do, like, a mini-series on YouTube um, about how to vote in the rural counties of Texas because I'm from a rural county. Like, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Oak County. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody knows where the heck that is. I we Nobody even knows where to vote when you have to go vote mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. The only people that do know how to vote are all the old people that have living been living out there for a hundred years and got themselves into the situation that we're all in now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, that's another thing that I'm just like really super passionate about. It's just like educating these kids on how to vote because it's that's the only way that any real change is going to happen. Because it's not that you're giving hope and abandoning the older generation, but it's going to take a longer time for them to get it through their heads. What's what's okay and what's not okay anymore. So you've got to really focus your attention on the kids who are, like, really wanting to know how to change because there's so many kids that are, like, out there. There's so many kids that are like that out there that are young, like, little kids, like, in elementary Mm -hmm. that are talking about changing the world already. And I'm just like, you kids need to know this information so that you can, so, like, you have this power. When you grow up and you turn 18 the best thing that's going to happen to you is your right to vote. Yeah. So, like, this is how you use it. This, Let me teach you how to use your new superpower because no one taught me how to use mine, and now I'm part of the problem. Yeah. And I don't want that for the future Generation. That fucking sucks. Yeah, you know? it does. So it really definitely does. would love to use my audiovisual skills to, like, bang out that miniseries to really help the next generation of Texas kids. So hopefully... They'll have more options for health care, more options for um, furthering their education after high school, Mm -hmm. um, better education for their kids when they grow up, you know, because they're they've no one knows better how shitty the public school system and the foster care system is than them. And so if you if we teach them how to vote, they can vote for a better future, you know, and that's all that's all you can hope for when you teach people how to vote. Hopefully that they'll vote for the better, for what's best for everyone, rather than just what's best for themselves.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That's cool. That's a, that's a cool idea to have, Thanks. like that kind of um, potential plan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was like, I, I haven't done like, it I'm yet. Like, what's, the word, what's the word for uh, the potential plan to like strive for those sort of things, especially with a lot of the things that are coming up. Right now in society um, and like our presidential elections coming up and stuff like that. And So, yeah, primary elections, primary, primary elections. Election, well, happening. primary elections first, but I meant. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just most people to, are yeah. just kind of like the presidential election. And you're like, but there's all those other things in between. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Like, we'll get there, but there's other stuff. So that's really cool to 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 have that. Um, okay, so you mentioned uh editing, obviously, the the the. What you call it, queer? Oh, oh I am oh, queer. Oh, I am queer podcast. Yes. Do you edit any other podcasts? Yes.
1: Or uh, what else? So there is a podcast um, on all these podcasts, by the way, are on like the Apple podcast, Spotify, Google. It basically, anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find these podcasts. Oh, I am queer. It never hurts to ask by Chris Graves. And um, we call it the barbershop podcast, but that's not what it's called. It's called We Got You. Mm-hmm. That's by the Short Hair Company. Um, the Short Hair Company is a barbershop on South First. And Damien and Bradley, shout out Damien and Bradley. Uh, they run that barbershop and they do their podcasts on the side. They talk sports. They talk politics. They talk everything on, on We Got You. Mostly sports, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into the podcasting thing Since that was I mean because You did not You weren't doing that before I was Well I,
1: I've i been editing for Chris Since 2017 I believe
0: So that's when you got out of
1: so school So that's kind of when I saw, I A funny thing about school So I finished my RTV degree So fast Like I burned through that thing And then like Three quarters of the way Of my sound recording tech degree I ran out of funding uh, They wouldn't give me any more loans Any more federal grants Nothing so, I was just kind of like hanging around um playing in the municipal band and playing in the jazz band, playing in the this is a community college so I could still play in all the bands um I play trumpet <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I was working at the house of rock i'd I'd quit radio like fuck that was so God, I hated radio anyways. Quit radio, working at the House of Rock full-time, going to school, but not really, you know, just kind of going to play in all the bands and then helping out Dr. Bristol whenever I could with presentations and demos and things like that. Um, so Chris kind of sucked me into it um, that summer of, that same summer of th- 2017 when I was just working nonstop in the studio. Um, and then when I moved to Austin... Um, that's when kind of like the podcasting thing kind of flourished a little bit more because Chris brought me on to edit the We Got You podcast. I do, um, that's kind of like a bundle two-in-one kind of thing that I do for Chris because those are, that's where he gets his haircut essentially. So, and those are like his good friends of his. And so, um, I started doing the We Got You podcast after I started It Never Hurts to Ask with Chris. And then uh, I met Lex and Bee through Facebook. We're, mm. we're on a Facebook group together, a selfie group, super cute. And they, they posted about their podcast, and I listened to it, and I was like, oh God, no, they're recording on their phone. They need me. <laughs> and they, they don't have anything invested into their podcast. Chris, on the other hand, is like 2,000 bucks in on his podcast. Mm-hmm podcasting gear and upgrading and all that good fun stuff and paying we're well we barter he manages a parking garage downtown I work downtown Mm -hmm. and my company doesn't offer parking yay so um we barter he gives me free parking and I edit his podcast and then um like some beef they don't invest like I said they don't have anything invested in it and so I do theirs as kind of like a pro bono thing because I'm like y'all don't need to be spending any money if y'all aren't aren't already spending any money I'm not gonna start charging you money for you know so I it's funny because like you're supposed to be in this to be getting money I'm like (laughs) I'm not in this for the money I'm in this because I I want to keep my audio skills sharp and I love working with people I love being a part of making making the project you know what I mean I just I love it so much Mm -hmm. um And, yeah, I love listening to these kinds of conversations. And I love having these kinds of conversations with people. And it's just really been, like, the best. Really, right now, my audio is kind of a hobby right now. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I, I love this so much. I love just being able to get on my computer, record my boyfriend's band, and make a mix. And mixing podcasts that are really interesting and just having my income come from something that I only spend, you know, four days out of the week for.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's really neat.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I love how you're like, yeah, and you're it's in for funny. the money. And I'm like, oh, thanks. No, 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 no. Everyone's got to do, everyone's got to make their money, dude. Everyone's got to no, make no, their money. just funny I me. just feel like it's a lot, my thing is, those, I feel like it's a lot less stressful when the thing that I love isn't the thing that I'm also trying to ring out for money. Because that's what I was doing all of like. Between 2016 and 2018, I was just grinding, 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 audio, 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 six to seven days out of the week. Mm -hmm. And even on my days off, I found a gig, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of wore me out. And it almost, it made me hard, you know, Mm -hmm. like in a sense, like it made me like, I don't, I don't really trust people that much. I don't really like... I don't know. I don't I don't really go out anymore. You know, I don't know. It's hard.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point though, especially because like a lot of times people are like, "Oh, well, you know, if I'm going to do audio, I have to grind, 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 grind." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Well," and then they become hard and then they become bitter and then they're like, "Ah, fuck like, hell. Ah, I can't do this." Yeah. And then they and then they 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 go off and they do other things and they're like, "Eh, this is tolerable, but I've always really loved audio." And there's like this like balance that happens. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best things that people can realize is that everything requires a balance. And in that, you just have to find what works for you. Like for some people, the grind is where it's at for them. Like I know so many people who are like grinding is where it's at. They love it. They love, you know, hitting up people for, for jobs. They love being in live sound and they love recording and they just love constantly hustling for audio. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, more power people, to you. I know, right? I'm with the energy. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I am then, Yeah, for sure. And then there are people who are like, you know, I like doing audio on Sundays for church, you know, and they're like that's it. You know, I do it on Sunday. Sometimes I do it on Wednesday for the youth and that's great. And I love it. And I love that experience of audio. I love doing these things. And it's like, I have that, that aspect of it. And then that's it, you know? And then there are people who like, there's a spectrum in between, you know, those people and everything. And I think it's really uh, important for people to realize that there is an in between and that you just have to find yeah. where you land in the spectrum. Like if you are not, enjoying that grind, if you're not enjoying having that constant, um, running a hundred miles an hour, then that's not for you. Go find an audio. That doesn't mean audio is not for you. It just means that type of audio isn't for you. Mm -hmm. It means if you're going to be, if you want to be a nine to five audio person, there are plenty of jobs out there where you can be a nine to five audio person, go work at WeWork and do their AV stuff. You know, like there's, 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 there are jobs like that available to people or you can go work for a production house where you're part of putting the, um, the tours together. Um, you're in charge of doing demos for people. Like there's a spectrum of all of these things. And I think that sometimes people forget that. And so then they get turned off. And so I like that you said that because it's like, well, you don't have to be turned off. You just have to find where you fit in the spectrum and what job Truly works for you, it doesn't mean that audio is not for you.
1: I think it's also important to point out that just because you're not out there grinding, hustling night and day for audio gigs, doesn't mean you're not an audio person. Exactly. You know, like it doesn't, you don't, your title of audio engineer doesn't get stripped away from you just because you went on a hiatus after like being on the road for six years. You know what I mean? Like, or if you, like for me, like I was, I was feeling down and out, like, like, man, I'm, like, supposed to be, like, an audio person when I was in between the Christmas season and figuring out what my next move was. But I was still editing podcasts. You know what I mean? I was still going out with Chris and helping him set up for live recordings and stuff. And, like, I was still ha- – I was still I still had my fingers in it. You know what I mean? Like, I was still – I wasn't not an audio engineer just because I wasn't at the House of Rock anymore because I wasn't, like, like you were saying, like – pounding the pavement every day for the next big gig well i think it's just i think that's really important for like if especially if you're just starting out like if even if you're in school like just because you didn't know anything about it before and you're not necessarily a professional yet or were even have a like an internship or a job does that mean you're not an audio person all you need to be an audio person is a love and curiosity for audio and everything that pertains to it, whether it be audio for TV, it be broadcast audio, it be simply editing, you know, or just like being into electronic repair. It does. It doesn't have to be like this intense. Like I'm a scientist. It just really, it could just be a simple interest in a hobby, you know. Like you could just be recording at home and be like, yeah, I'm into audio. It's cool.
0: Yeah, you know? but I also, <laughs> um, I. Do you want to say, though, is that there's a difference between being an audio person and being um, a professional audio engineer? Oh, yeah, because for I sure. Because I don't want yeah. people to be misconstrued by for that, sure, okay? For sure, You can't just be going out there and yeah, be like, yeah, I'm yeah. a professional audio engineer, and yeah, all yeah, you'll yeah. do is sit at home and, like, tinker with some stuff. Yeah. And I, And I say that simply because there are people out there who obviously have put a lot of energy and a lot of their mind and their spirit into learning audio, the passion of audio, what that means, understanding things that are more sophisticated than just the simple, I plugged a microphone into a yeah, computer and, that's, and then yeah. hit record. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. You're an audio person. You're not necessarily a professional audio engineer. And I think that there is a difference, yeah. and I do think that it needs to be stated sometimes because you go out there and people are like, oh, yeah, I do audio, and you'll be like, do you though? Do you know? <laughs> Do you? And there's nothing wrong with those people, but let's yeah. just let's not con ourselves here, okay? Like for sure. let's call us what we're being for sure. And you, I mean, even um, audio enthusiast is cool with me. I'm yeah. I'm down with that term. You're an audio enthusiast. You know, you sit at home, you plug your thing in, you do your stuff, and that's awesome. And I just, um, but I also think that sometimes it can be a little insulting for people who have, um,
1: like degrees, degrees, and, like, years or of experience. who have
0: poured in so yeah. much time and yeah. effort to be a master in audio mm-hmm. that sometimes it can be a little um i guess a little insulting i don't know if insulting is the right know, word sure. but i yeah, feel yeah. like it it's is it's kind of
1: like a gross oversimplification yeah like
0: yeah. oh yeah yeah you're like no, I mastered this. Thank you. (laughs) This is not just, I woke up one day. Um, so, so if you are one of those people, just, just be mindful of what you are calling yourself because sometimes you don't want to come across the wrong way. And then you don't want people to think that they're, you know, if they're hiring you or if you're like putting out a resume or something like that, you don't want people to be misconstrued about what it is you are actually capable of. And you don't want to be misleading in that regard.
1: So that's all I, I want
0: to say on that part.
1: <laughs> like if anyone is aware of what I am capable of, I like laying down on the couch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I make beats by sitting in my house uh, and playing with that one thing, you know, like, and that's cool too. Make your beats, man. Yeah. I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't make beats. Um, yeah. I discovered that. Very I can't make beats on. either. Woo. I, am, I, can't. I am not, I, I wanted so badly to learn how to make beats and then I realized something. I'm not musically inclined. Yeah, do um, rhythm. <laughs> I can, I can reproduce whatever you make, okay? Right. I mean, Within reason, because like if you hitting like high Cs, I'm not hitting no high Cs vocally, okay? Like let's not get crazy here. But generally speaking, most things I can reproduce and I can do it well, Okay. But I'm not creative enough to go out on my own and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna make this thing." Okay, (laughs) like lies. (laughs) You were gonna be like, "That's garbage." (laughs) See, all the seats. (laughs) I have to
1: try way too hard to make like a a semi decent beat that can be used as like a loop for like a freaking ice cream commercial or something. Oh yeah, you know, like my my beats are so soft
0: and they're just (laughs) so like, I'm gonna eat some candy to this music (laughs) or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. So I had the hardest time because I've been trying to find, like, I've been trying to, like, come up with a theme song for me, for this, because I'm like, I need a song. I need, like, an intro and an outro and a thing or something. I mean, I guess I don't technically have to have it. I can just be like, hey, guys, this is my intro. Hey, guys, this is my outro. But I, <laughs> I wanted something that was a little cooler than that. Yeah, to, Like, yeah, yeah. personally. Oh, you deserve just, it, yeah. is what I wanted. And I was like, okay, well, let's see. There's this one time I took a class and we used reason, right? And I was like, I can do stuff with reason. I can I can make a thing. And I came up with this weird, like cello S beat thing that happened. And I was like, My no. boyfriend
1: uses reason. He's <laughs> no. like obsessed with reason. I'm
0: not gonna lie, I do really like reason. Um I I also like Ableton. I, okay, so here we go. Here we go. I've used I've used the Ableton. I've used the Reason. I've used the Fruity Tunes. okay? Fruity Tunes. I mean Fruity Loops. I mean Fruity <laughs> I was like, that's a new one. Tell me about the Fruity, Fruity Tunes. I call it Fruity Tunes because I always think of the cereal. I'm sorry. That's D- great. No, D- no, no, no. D- Fruity Loops.
1: D- FL. <laughs> FL Studios. FL Studios, yeah.
0: Fucking dead.
1: Every time I, I see I that, s- I'm like, what a chode. <laughs> In my genius. head, I just
0: keep calling your Fruity Loops. I know. Uh,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like, you can't, so I'm <laughs> you can't hide your Fruity Loops from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't
0: hide
1: your Fruity Loops from me. Figging beat boy You can't hide your Fruity Loops from me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um. Fun fact, I redo that stuff all, I rename stuff all the time and then I'll say them and people will be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me readjust. <laughs> let me readjust to tell you what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> and I've used those three programs. Um, I've, I've, I've used Pro Tools. I've used, um, obviously I'm using uh, Studio One. I've used Reaper. Like there's like a lot of stuff that I've used in the past and a lot of different um, platforms and programs to try and do different things. And so I, I do genuinely like reason based off of, the fact that i but but i will say this the new version of reason has been a little wonky and i was like i don't know how i feel about that one because you changed stuff that didn't you, used to be there do do
1: reason 11 or reason 10 10 my boyfriend got reason 11 mm. and it's supposedly the one,
0: Is it the, one? the one Well, am I, am I i have, wouldn't say i don't know it's extensive of though. a person <laughs>
1: As a person I've I've also used I've also used a handful of the, the Jaws that you were saying and I've also I, I personally work out of Logic and I've also in addition I've used like GarageBand and you know, all the Apple stuff. Oh yeah. The um,
0: Apple stuff is cool. The Apple stuff the is Apple cool. The Apple stuff is uh, also, I really like nice uh, so It comes free with my computer, you know? Yeah. The,
1: <laughs> if you ever get a chance to mess around an iMovie, that one's like a it's a watered down version of Final Cut. It's a great kind of starting out. Really mm-hmm. great if you're ever trying to get into video editing stuff. But Aside from that, um, using logic and like comparing reason eleven to logic, it's foreign to me. Reason is very foreign to me because I'm a like you said, logic Pro Tools person, and Pro Tools is a beast. God, God if I can eat Pro Tools. But look, everything.
0: you can you can now pay the eleven dollars, you yeah. know, to, to rent it.
1: I guess it's just like it's a monthly subscription thing. It's like right? a monthly subscription. That's yeah. why I said rent it. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, monthly yeah.
0: subscriptions is just renting a program, and then whenever they decide they want to kick you out, they can, and then they took all your money. You know, <laughs> rude. I know. What's, what this I don't know if that is. sounds like you know shady or not, and it's no, not no, meant no. to be, but that's just kind of what's happening, and we're moving into that subscription world, and. Although there are, there are, there are pros to being a subscription based thing, I don't think it's a pro for software. Kinda... I, I said there can be some pros, yeah. as in like if you only wanted to use it for a hot second, for a month, and then you were done with it, you didn't have to drop you know five hundred bucks for it, it for
1: like a class or something, you know. Yeah, like I, I, then I, I get that, that but, but I
0: need it all the time. Yeah, I'd rather just flat out buy it. I bought it.
1: It's mine. That's this whole trippy other thing that's getting into like even it's affecting like our politics is like this digital ownership and what does it actually mean and oh god it makes me sick
0: a lot of places though have been really like if you which by the way if you don't read terms and conditions i'm so sorry but i am over this whole people were like oh i didn't read the terms and conditions and now i'm screwed read your terms and conditions guys i am so Sorry, I know it takes a really long time, and there's a lot of legal needs that goes along with it. But I promise you, you will be so much better off if you know what you are signing up for with programs. Because I'm not gonna lie, I am that person. I will sit there and I will not agree to terms and conditions until I finish reading them, and I won't. And I will read the privacy terms and conditions as well, because with privacy, like there are so many programs out there that are like well once you use our software once you sign up for it we own whatever data whatever information yeah. comes from it whatever you put inside of it we have a right to and people don't realize that and I'm and 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 I'm just like just read it well, because it yeah. will save you the and heartache later when people try to come for you. If they try to come for you, yeah. you know what I and mean? And not only
1: that, it gets to kind of like a Facebook situation where they're selling your data, yeah. you know? And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, same
0: thing. I mean, like same thing with Google, you know, people are like, Oh, Google can have all my information. And I'm like, let's rewind and freeze mm. because you have to be aware of what that means. Mm. You have to understand what it means for, for your personal information, the access that other people have, and what happens if they get hacked. And I know people are like, oh, Google's never been hacked. But I promise you there will possibly come a day where these big corporations are going to get hacked. People are going to be trying to get information out of these people. And what you give them is going to matter. Anyways, that's something I'm really passionate about. So just like as a side note, just read your terms and conditions and know (laughs) what what you are giving away. Um, Yeah, no, just be be aware. And if you were like, I'm fine after you understood the the ramifications of what that means, then fine, continue on with life, keep on going. But I just think that it's really important that we understand what's happening, especially when you look in the look at what these companies are doing with your information and what that means for you. But anyways, I mean, we can, I can continue on about your programming. I was like, I can continue (laughs) on on that and say like
1: back to like teaching the future generation. Like they, they have the potential to be the first truly like fully educated consumer. Mm -hmm. And with that coupled with the power of voting, like, these fucking companies better wash the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Cause we're about to vote them out of our system. Because it's just you know, it's enough already. Yeah. Targeting kids using their own data against them, like that sucks. That's this dystopian. Like we're all the movies that we make about a dystopian society, we're living that dystopian society, right meow. Mm. Right meow. Yeah.
0: But the logic versus reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so crazy. I think this is probably like the most, um, I guess, socially active um, podcast episode that I've recorded so far. And I and I and I'm
1: holding up little devil horns just in case if anyone's like, "Yeah,
0: <laughs> fight the man, it's, it's have conversations." Interesting because like, I wouldn't inherently call myself like. Like, I'm socially conscious, but I'm not like out right. there I'm all not, the time. Right, I'm
1: not. That's why I'm like I'm. I'm hesitant to, to say like activist or like like social justice warrior. Like, no, dude, I'm just aware of how my actions are affecting the fucking environment, right. the, our social justice system, mm-hmm. our society in general, not just how it affects me and my cat and my boyfriend. Right. You know like everything I do every little piece of trash that I throw away every time I get in my car every time I turn on the radio every time I ingest a piece of new information about somebody dying like like that that changes me and it changes the people that it changes the things around me mm-hmm. and I want to try and harness those changes to where I'm change the what, the things that I'm changing about myself have a po- more positive in fact, impact on the, th- those things around me.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the the, the part that's, excuse me, um, the most interesting is because even though I'm not inherently um, out there about my political opinion, because I feel like people should learn information and decide for themselves where they stand. I am not a huge fan of telling people how they should think about things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I want I want to give you both sides of the argument and then I want you to decide for yourself how you feel about it, what you think about it, do you agree or disagree and and find out that for yourself because I think that's where real change happens is being as educated as possible on on both sides of of, of of topics and decisions and stuff. Um, so, with that, I'm a huge fan of like educating in that regard, but I'm not necessarily gonna tell you what I think. And so, this has been sort of weird because I'm like, let me tell you what I think. And it's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is so abnormal. I think, but, uh,
1: yeah, but yeah. T- Teaching teaching is important, and but it's one thing to give people all the information in the world, and then another thing to teach people how to critically think about that information they just ingested.
0: Right.
1: So that, I think, what you were saying about telling people how to think, it's not necessarily telling them how to think that I want to do, but, nec- but rather encourage them to question what they yes. just ingested. Yes. You know, and I just... I think if I help people by the way I feel that I can open a conversation up towards someone that is, like, racist or transphobic, which I haven't done it yet, it's very hard to, like, it's really hard to, like, to break into those places where that, because I feel like people aren't, like, openly racist and transphobic, right, unless it's on the internet, and then, like, when you challenge them, it's either, like, a duel in the comment section rather than, like, hey, like, come to my inbox and, like, let's have a private conversation about it. And, like, let me ask you, like, questions about you. I want to get to know you. I want to know what led you to think these harmful things. And I won't even call them harmful things. I'll I'll just say, like, they're just things. Like, what are you – why are you thinking these things? What led you to believe these things? And, went, and how to find these people and – Encourage them to challenge what they believe, mm-hmm. you know, in a very kind of like a non threatening environment, in a way that they feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable to even admit these things about themselves. Because, like I said, nobody uh, they're only the really bold, <laughs> only the really bold. But people who are like racist and transphobic aren't necessarily always forwardly racist and transphobic, you know what I mean? And so when you cat, when you, it's a matter of Catching them, air quotes. It's a matter of catching them in the act and like point, like, and then kind of like coaxing them into, well, you know, hey, like, come, like, call in, you know, rather than call out, call, calling people in, like, hey, like, let's talk about why you feel that way, you know, like, did somebody hurt you? Did somebody, Mm, you know, (laughs) that's usually, and nine times out of 10, that's usually what happens. Somebody literally beat them into submission to think that.
0: Um, no, we're good. So, yeah. So to bring this full circle, I think that um like what I said at the beginning was about um finding a space in in, in this podcast to to be more human with each other, okay. but also be like, well we're audio engineers and these are our these are who we are as people mm-hmm. and have that more personal connection. I think that this is sort of like this conversation so far has been very much so this is who I am as a person, in addition to being an audio engineer or or being um being tied into that. I think it's like these are different facets of our personalities, our different people, right. and stuff like that and I think that that's okay but i and I also think that in a lot of ways you i don't know uh, mm, I'm ask you this question first before I say that. do you feel like because of a lot of the views that you have on wanting to educate people and, and having these opinions about racism and and transgender and homophobia and stuff like that, that you want to address in society and all the other social justice issues that you, um, uh, feel passionate about. Do you feel like you get to, um, really bring that into the world of audio With your jobs that you do have, I mean, outside of, um, obviously you have that one specific podcast that is geared towards that, Mm -hmm. but do you feel like specifically, like when you're out in the world doing audio related things that you get to bring that facet of your personality into your workspace?
1: Well, I will say in early in my career, I wasn't as geared towards social issues as I am now. Mm -hmm. So earlier in my career, most, most, almost, most definitely. No, not really. But as I've grown and working in the church was really weird. Well, Especially how I've, from how much I would grown from when I was, like, little being in church. And then, like, as a young adult, I tried to go back to church again. That did not work out. But knowing who I am, being so certain of who I am as a person, and then going back and working at the church where, like, you know, like, non-denominational or not you know Mm -hmm. mentioning that you're gay or that you support gay people or that you like support you know trans rights or things like that it's still a little like edgy for lack of better words Mm -hmm. it's an edgy topic to talk about in a place like a church so I felt like I couldn't really like express that there at the church when I first moved here and at come and take it live it's not really something a a conversation topic that came up with Jonathan it was more like you're such a great engineer. Thanks for filling in for me, you know? Um, but definitely with, um, the podcast, when I started doing more studio work, it definitely started having more intimate conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like you were saying with Lex and be OAM I am queer, um, with Crit, with my friend, Chris, um, which he is also kind of is, is a social, socially minded person. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his podcasts talk about social issues too. um, And then uh, talking with the guys at um, the barbershop, you know, they're both men of color and they've been through lots of things in their life and they definitely share that on their podcast. So it's definitely a facet of myself that I feel gets expressed a lot more since I've entered a more intimate setting for recording rather than being fast and heavy with live sound, just constantly going through people. And, you know what I mean? Like a 30 minute set with a... hour of sound check before is hardly any time to sit down with someone and have a conversation like this with them whereas when you're recording with people and you're in constant contact with people you can't help but you know sit down and you know catch up like hey how are you like man i saw this thing and it was crazy and you know like like exactly like we're talking about right now and like Critiquing, whether it's critiquing society or brainstorming on projects on how we can help people change their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, those those conversations are happening a lot more in my my career um, than they were before, for sure. That's cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, being, a, being aware of wanting to have those conversations also definitely helps. Because before, I wouldn't touch it. You know, before um, the very first podcast that I edited was about gender politics, gender identity politics. Mm -hmm. And it was um, a person, I will say, because I was about to say woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a person um, that identified as genderqueer and they, them, and um, their name was Maddie and they were just describing their everyday life and I was just like, well, you know, my mindset at the time was like, I don't I don't really care what people do, you know. Just mm-hmm. let me know so I don't offend you. Yeah. Um, but since I moved to Austin and actually have interacted with people who are non-binary and trans. And I've gotten to know these people and these people have become my friends. Like it's so, and I've learned more about them. Mm-hmm. It's so much deeper than that. You know what I mean? It's so much, it's like, I do care what you call yourself because it's not about not wanting to offend you, but it's about showing that I love you and that I accept you. Mm. And that, you know, that you're safe with me, Mm. you know, like of of course I want to know what your pronouns are. You know, of course I want to, of course, like you confide to me that you're trans and you're not ready to be out yet. Of course I'll keep that with me. You know what I mean? Like, and if somebody, if somebody tries to talk shit about you when you're not around, I'm going to stand up and say, Hey, to like, don't talk about my friend like that. Like I'm here for you whether you're here or not here. Mm-hmm. And it's I I think that's the part of myself that I love the most that I've grown that has grown over the past just the, over the past year mm-hmm. or two years rather. Cool. And just my compassion for people and my empathy for people has grown so 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 much with all the different gigs that I've had in audio and in live cuz I worked at Starbucks for a hot minute too. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That was, a, that was a whole other
0: Good kind of coffee grind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The bus. My <laughs> mind wants to deviate so badly, and I'm like, okay, let's just go with it. So I really found this fascinating when we first met, when you told me about how you uh, see colors and shapes and stuff when you listen to audio. So can you just like tell the people about that? Because I thought that was like super cool and (laughs) and my mind keeps coming back to it. Yeah, no, for sure,
1: for (laughs) sure. Um, So growing up in live sound, um, the way I perceive sound from loudspeakers comes off as a shape because I'm imagining how far the sound waves are traveling. Because that's something you have to know in live sound, how far your speakers throw, Mm -hmm. or, you know, in other words, how far can they make the sound waves travel? Um, So that's kind of like how it comes off as shapes to me. And then when I'm mixing in the box or in the doll, um, colors rather come off um, as colors to me because they're up close to my headphones and it's sort of more, how do I describe this? Why does it come out as a color to me when it's up against my ear? I don't know. It just, I just, f- I feel like since the sound is closer, I can feel it in my body. I don't know. It's just like, it's kind of like a combination of a feeling mm-hmm. um, that makes me see the color. Cause it's like, bass frequencies come out as like this red color. And then like those low mids are gonna come out as like an orangish yellow. And then that mid range, the high mid range, that like, 2K is really gonna come out like it's this like bright, like green, like neon green. And then like, Up on top, all the shinies frequencies are just, like, shimmery blues and purples. And I just described, like, the color scheme of the Logic EQ. (laughs) That's probably where my colors came from. But, you know, that's... um, uh, When I was seeing... The shapes at the demo because it's like this. It was this huge rig. There were two J fl- flown J's, right? There okay. Was... So,
0: like, let's just back up real right quick. Let's describe the demo. So, we did a yeah. demo at Bass, um, and it was for the nope. Okay, uh, it's Audio Technic VU series. There you go. That's what it says on the flash drive that I got.
1: Yeah, that's where the um, A came from, Audio Technic.
0: Yeah, so it's Audio Technica VU series, V U E view series because mm. then they were like doing this whole thing with love and right and it was like l v u e and i was like okay <laughs> all, right, all right like what are we in the like early 2000s it's cool <laughs> which is fine because i super had an email address i had like a three in it for an e so whatever <laughs> but um so at the the demo that they did um the company stage tech had got a new um PA system that they got from this, this Audio Technica brand and they were doing a demo of it to show people what the new system sounded like, what it looked like, all that sort of stuff. And so they had a whole setup. There was like four subs, on either side on of the stage. On either side of the stage, which was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, there and then was like the
1: fifteen speaker J's, I think, I think... on either. I could have been more than fifteen. Wait,
0: I have the picture that I took that says all of it on there, Um because I I was like, there's no way in the world I'm going to remember all of this, but I really want to. But like lives. <laughs> Man, that
1: was. Th- th- But, you know, there's a lot of speakers. There's There's a lot lot of speakers. There was subs, there was front fills, there was J Sloan. Like, it was a big old line array system. And the, so the shape that was, like, coming out to me, it was, like, this, like, syndicular, I don't know. It basically, like, the way it was coming out to me, the way that it was shaped, the way the auditorium was shaped, the way the sound was coming out, It was coming out as like this trapezoid, essentially, and so basically, what that means is that like as the waves traveled, they got like they traveled out wider toward as the farther they went. Does that make sense? Um, I don't know. This is so hard to explain when it's just audio, and I can't. (laughs) No, I mean, but uh, just essentially like, so it comes out like I guess in like. Blocks and in sections, and the way I was describing it that day to Tangela, it was just like I was walking back and forth, back and forth, and I noticed that where every place that I walked past, like I could hear the full picture or rather the full ensemble or the full mix of the song, but each place that I was at, it was different pieces that was making up that full picture. And it was, like, a different, like, edge of the shape that I was traveling around. But because I was around it, I could still see, like, in the center, like, the full, like, picture. Mm. I don't know how that's going to sound. I'm going to sound like a crazy
0: person. <laughs> no, I mean, I I think but, all of us here sound differently. Uh-huh. And all of us perceive sound differently. Oh, like, for sure, for sure. You know, and so... I think sometimes it's, it's, it's important to talk about how we hear and see sound differently because there are probably people out there. You're not, surely you are not the only person who sees sound in shapes and colors, you know, like you cannot be the only person. And so I think it's important to put that out there that we, that there's a different perspective on that, you know? And that's why I think that that was really cool when you said that to me, I was like, that's the coolest thing. Let's talk about that.
1: I Yeah, I just have always kind of, um it's never, it's not something that I was like born with. I didn't grow up seeing and hearing like that. But like when I was taught like sound and mixing and problem frequencies and relating to what those frequencies sound like in real life and in pink noise and in what the difference between white, pink and brown noise was and associating that to different sounds that are that occur naturally mm-hmm. um, that kind of like influence like what frequencies i associated with certain colors or certain shapes mm-hmm. and it's not even it, it's more rather that certain frequencies associate with certain colors rather than certain shapes because the shape comes from like the loudness mm-hmm. and the direction of the sound whereas the timbre of the sound that's what that's where the colors come in mm. so I I think that makes more sense I it feel makes like sense. That's, yeah
0: that makes sense. I get it's that a little
1: easier to digest but that's essentially as I was learning music that's how I kind of related to it so I can arrange it best to make the best mix yeah so I think yeah that's how yeah
0: but that's cool though I, I mean i i think that um like for me i struggle because I just want to write equations for everything. Like in my head, I'm just like, but I want to write an equation. Mm-hmm. I really want a foyer series right now. Like <laughs> for no real reason. Because uh, mostly foyer series are just used to t- transform audio from, um, from an analog sound to a digital sound right. so that a way you can uh, interface with digital components and then you turn around and use the same series, some, in some cases, to then make that digital component into a physical thing that you can hear, and right. part of doing that is with Fourier series and different types of differential equations, and sometimes Taylor series, depending on how you're doing it. Anyways, the point is, <laughs> I just my math, learned about sequences. My math just and, came out of me.
1: that's okay. I just learned about um, sequences and series and in um, a college college algebra for precalculus. So yeah,
0: and so. Um, in my mind, I always just want to start writing mathematical equations. I'm always like, but we can do this and then we can do that and then I can write this and then if we do that. And so in my head, I just usually like it looks like a bunch of formulas mm-hmm. with numbers and symbols. And if I ever tried to describe that to people, they're usually like that's that's a thing already then (laughs) and I'm like yes yes it is a thing and this is what's in my head um and so uh for me that's how I have my connection so I think it's really cool that you have your way of sharing that is through colors and shapes and I'm sure there are other people out there who are like it's a feeling it's just like in my bones and you hear it and you're like bam instant done you know and so there's there's all these different ways of having that experience and I think that it's really cool that that we can all be listening to, like, the same things and we perceive it with these different mental images or different ways of of having that interpretation and then expressing that interpretation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool, personally. I think it's dope. (laughs) But, yeah, so that's... That's nifty. Oh, my gosh. We're almost there. Where, Where do you... I was going to ask you a question, but then I just thought of something. I was going to look at my list of questions I wrote, but then I was like, Hey, I have a different question. <laughs> um, where do you want to be then, um, in the, in, in the future with audio? I mean, cause you're doing, you've done a vast array of things, um, And you're kind of going down this path of wanting to be in the studio, but then you're doing broadcasting and now you're in a TV studio, a TV station, sorry, and doing, you know, the floor managing, but also with, um, the engineering department, but then you're doing the podcasts and stuff. And so where, so, uh, right now I am in school for electrical engineering, um, what? Yeah,
1: you went back yeah. to college. I went back to college because I just love spending money so much.
0: Oh my um, Wait, where are you going then?
1: I'm going to ACC. Um, I just took like, like I said earlier, I took college algebra for precalculus and entered engineering. Got two B's. Nice. Worked my ass off for those B's, so dude, very pleased with that.
0: Engineering degrees are difficult. Yes. Okay. Half they of my are. D- my minor was in I just, electrical engineering technology, so I get you.
1: I just started, and yeah, it's very I get difficult. You.
0: It is a pain,
1: but um, it's a
0: beautiful thing,
1: though. It's it's <laughs> funny because I for when I first started, of course, I, I saw myself being a touring engineer. I saw myself opening my own studio, and there are parts of me that still wants my own studio. But there also are parts of me that really enjoys health insurance, um, <laughs> yes. a steady income. And it's just those things are just really hard to come by. And you, like I said, you really have to hustle and grind. And I think I'm okay with retiring to audio than trying to pursue audio as a main career path. Because um, like we were saying earlier, like there are so many things that I am, I'm passionate about audio and I believe that I can change people's minds with audio. That is why I do my podcasting and that's why I'm still adamant about recording and setting up those intimate spaces for people. For sure. And I will do that until I die. I'll do that until I die. I'll I'll run live sound also probably until I die, <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know, I just, I will always, I will always be doing audio no matter what, because I, I love it. But I, as a career, I feel like there are so many bigger things that I want to do, um, then that'll really have a true impact than just opening a studio. Yeah. Cause you know, any, anybody can open a studio,
0: well, not anybody, because that any- stuff is difficult. You got to have some business-minded folk anybody, on your team.
1: <laughs> anybody with a lot of money and a lot of time on their hands, which is a surprising amount of people, can can do pretty much whatever. But I, I really want to contribute to the automation of transportation. That's one thing that I'm, like, super, super into. I'm also really into, like, designing networks. And I'm also, like, I'm very, like... My brain is always looking for the next big puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Very into puzzle games. Very into just f- f- help. F- wh- uh, let me finding the solutions to problems really gets me off. Mm-hmm. And right now, one of our problems is just a av- environmental disaster and also shitty traffic. Mm-hmm. So fucking over this Austin traffic. Um, so it's just I just feel like the automation of transportation, if it starts here in Austin and can be copied and pasted to every nook and cranny of the world, then we, we actually might have a chance at expanding the human timeline on the existence of the entire universe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, if you compare human existence to the existence of the universe, it's we're here in a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we're fast forwarding ourselves to the end of our blink so much faster than we should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm upset about it and I'm flustered about it, but I I wanna do something about it to the point where it's driving me to go to freaking school for engineering so I can figure out how to design our way out of design our ways out of this friggin' disaster. But I really want to contribute to the automation of transportation. I really want to work for my mom again. I miss working for my mom and dad. They own a wireless internet service provider business in a place called Orange Grove, Texas, which is about 15 minutes from where I was saying Sandia, Texas. And my mom is looking to expand to Lano, Texas. Not Lano, excuse me. Lampasas, Texas, which is uh, northwest of here, just west of Cedar Park. And I want to design her network. And I would just, I'd love to work with my mom again. It's so funny because I was just—I was telling her I was like, "You let you let me do that, yeah?" She's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Thank God, because I'm working for you. I won't have to try so hard." She's like, whoa, 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 "Whoa, you'll have to try very hard." And I'm like, "Well, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Like, I come into work and I feel like I have to try so freaking hard to be a certain way and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am kind of person." And she's like, "I know what you mean." of the job isn't even really about the job. It's mostly about the environment and creating, like, a healthy work environment. And with us, it's not about that. It's just about the job. And I'm like, yes, for the love of fuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There is a lot of healthy environment versus how much other people impact your life, Yeah. Um, which is, for me, it's one of the hard things about um, audio for me, Mm -hmm. live sound in particular, Because I love musicals. I got into it because I love musicals. And I wanted to be the person who could help make a musical fantastic for an audience. I wanted to be a part of that. Um... Because a uh, fun fact, I did grow up as a theater kid, <laughs> but like not really though, because I, I did in a way, but like not really because I was also, I actually grew up more of a sports person. Mm-hmm. I did sports my entire life up until I had to have knee surgery. Um, when I was a junior in high school, I had to have knee surgery. And in that transition, I went from being sports person to theater because I always liked theater. I liked it, but I never had... Um, I didn't really have a desire to be on stage, which is weird because when you listen to me talk, I have so much animation (laughs) and there's so much like in me that's just like dramatic and just like tears. why didn't you ever go to school to do something artistic like that? And I'm (laughs) like, I don't know. It just wasn't in me. It's fine. Um, but, (laughs) but that's just like, and, and, and so I loved, I learned audio when I was in junior high and then I loved the concept of audio when I got older and I really understood that there's a bigger world of audio because at the time I was like, and in, 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 I've said this before, um, I learned in junior high at church. And that experience was different than when I realized that, oh, there's a world of audio. There's so many more things that one could be doing. How do you get there? And when I learned that, I fell into theater and I started doing audio in theaters and then I kept doing audio in theaters. And I was like, I love this with all of my heart. This is so much fun. And that's that's really how my passion grew for audio was because of it. But in the theater world, or in live sound in general, in a larger venue that theaters tend to have, like the Broadway musicals and the touring shows and all that sort of stuff, it is very much so about who are the road people that are coming in and how are they going to treat you in your home base? Um, did your home base set up a positive environment for you? Um, is there, um, uh, is, is your, your boss, your, your A1, your A2 for the the venue, are they setting a precedent of you can't treat our people that way? And do they have your back when you're being treat- mistreated? You know, like there's so many um aspects to how your environment is impacted by other people in that regard. And there's only so much that you can do in terms of other people, but the only thing you really have control over in life is yourself, right? And how you, um, interact with other people and how you take the things that they say or whatever. And so I definitely get that. Um, the idea of, this concept of, you know, you go to work and it's like, all right, well, you can't say these things because then these people are going to find this offensive or you can't do these things because this is perceived that way, even though that's not the intention. And there's very much so, um, it's more about your ability to communicate and your ability to sort of fall in line in a, in a lot of ways. I don't know how else to describe that, but it's a lot of of that sort of aspect, mm-hmm. you know, versus like what you're saying with your mom. You're like, nobody cares about all that stuff. We're just like, what What are we doing? What's this job? What are we like, you know, and a lot of people like to say that that stuff doesn't exist for them. And in, in, in that world, I think they're lying to themselves personally. I'm like, I don't know what world you live in where you don't have to be conscientious of those things, but okay. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that's like, I think that's what you're trying to say is yeah. that you don't have that sort of, um, give and take when you're with your mom because right. you're like, nah, man, this is it. She's my your mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's just... <laughs> I don't know, I was trying to like yeah, clarify what you were saying. So. But yeah,
1: but yeah, so it's just kind of like, um, like I wouldn't have to follow like a certain dress code. Like I get like, obviously I'd have to be like decent
0: yeah what you don't get to just wear the horns but yeah yeah
1: exactly i can't show up with just a smile like what's wrong (laughs) with you um but you know i don't have to i don't i don't have to the position that i'd be in as the designer of the network and the maintainer of the network i'd literally just be sitting in an office chair on a computer like waiting for something to go wrong essentially Mm -hmm. and just kind of reading up on ways to make it better which is like a dream um and I wouldn't really have to, like, deal with customers unless it unless a specific situation needed my absolute, like, attention. I wouldn't have to deal with any of, like, the billing or, like, any of the customer service kind of aspect of it. Like, I'd just – I'd have to talk to my mom. You know what I mean? I'd talk to my mom and dad. I'd send my brother out to a location if it needs attention or, you know, something. Like, I wouldn't have to deal with, like – bullshit office politics you know what i mean it's like oh it's so-and-so's like fifth year anniversary working for the company like ugh, you know like yeah. i deal with that so much right now at fox and i'm like oh god i fucking hate this oh my goodness oh i hate it so much uh, i don't know it's not that bad i just i just hate
0: working <laughs> in general
1: like oh I have to get up and be somewhere at a certain time. That's not gonna work out for me. No, my
0: <laughs> we can't fix that one. Okay, <laughs> I know. I'm
1: sorry. I just want to lay down. I don't want to lean in. I want to lay down. <laughs> don't lean in. Oh my gosh.
0: That book though, good book. Um, uh, did
1: you read it? No, I stole that joke from Ellie Wong.
0: Oh well, then. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, the lean in book though by by the. CEO, CEO of
1: Facebook. Or she like the CFO or something like no, that. No, she I was can't the remember. CEO,
0: right?
1: Something. I have the
0: book. Why am I guessing? I
1: can't remember. There it is. Oh my god, it's literally right there. <laughs> I was
0: like, lies. I have this book. Um, she is the. No, he's the CEO of Facebook.
1: She's something though. She's like the co-something.
0: Why don't I remember? And I read this. I'm. Screaming. I feel like you know what's funny is I remember so many like stories and stuff from this book, and and I remember like loving every like not loving it but like not like meh the la words.
1: Right, they're dumb. Right, they're dumb.
0: They're dumb. <laughs> what do we need them for? Um, I remember reading this. And being like, that doesn't apply to me when I first read it. I was like, Psh, that has nothing to do with me. I don't have any of these problems. And then I was out of school for a year. I've been out of school for a little over a year now. Oh, yeah, that's a weird feeling, but okay. It's been a little that's over that's a year, a year now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I get it now. And then I picked the book back up and started reading it again. But at the time, I was just like, Psh, man, whatever. You guys are so dramatic. Mm. And then it was like, oh, no, they're not dramatic. I I, I, I just, didn't, I just know. didn't know that yeah. this was the world we live in. Um, but I think she's she was the CFO of Facebook. I don't think she was the CEO. Because I was pretty sure that... Because Mark is still the, C- the CEO. Yeah. So I think that she was the CFO. Um, but anyways, good book. It was cool. Fun fact. <laughs> this is not sponsored by you reading the book either. Fun fact. Like, hey. None of this stuff is sponsored. I read I mean, myself. Michelle Obama's book is on my list too. Oh my God, Michelle Obama's book was amazing. Damn it. See, I, everyone I No, know, I, audio I audio booked it. I audio booked okay. it because I couldn't. The book is long. Okay. It is a uh, long book. It's her memoir, right? It's her memoir. And I love books, okay? I am all about the reading, okay? That's how I got to where I am in life, (laughs) is by a lot of reading. And I say that as someone, so something that people don't know, I guess, about me is that um, I do have sort of issues with reading. I read very slow. I am super slow and words are not always what they appear to be. Right. And so um, with that funness about it, I forced myself to read anyways. I forced myself to attack that sort of a challenge because I knew that that was going to be important for me in life. But anyways, I couldn't get through physically reading her book fast enough because you can only check it out for one term at the library because everybody wanted it and I didn't have the money to buy the book so I rented it on an audio book and then I finished it like that and I was like I got you I got you Michelle I got you Miss Obama (laughs) because it was so good so I think that like if you if you want to like just side note like I'll probably cut all this out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll figure out how that's gonna work. Um, if you want, you should just download the audiobook of it and then just listen to it because it you do get through it a lot faster. And I do it um uh, I usually listen to audiobooks at 1.5 faster. Hmm. So that way they're not like sounding like chipmunks, but your brain thinks faster than words. Like right, like wow. you like you can hear sound. Um, at a faster rate and process the audio faster than you can if you read it. Wow. And so, like, I did not know that. Yeah. So, Holy crap. So um, that's the that's thing that happens. So like when people talk, that's why when people tell you stories and they talk really slow, your mind is like, and I thought about five other things in the time it took you to finish the sentence. Hmm. That's a huge reason why. It's because your brain can think and process information significantly faster than anything that you can ever be told. And so I listen to audio at a faster rate because then my brain can process it faster. And I can get through things, and my mind can like take that time that and do I'm going to do that with everything. I'm going to listen to my music. Oh my <laughs> they might sound like More. chipmunks, <laughs> But yeah, yes, so that's one of the things that I do, um, at least with audiobooks. Now, I don't do that with everything, because you don't want chipmunks sounding in your ears, because that's a bit... Mm, that's off-putting. But I do it just a little bit faster, because then I can just be like, all right, cool, now nah. getting... And then my mind doesn't travel as much. Like, I... Yeah. My mind is a traveling machine. I am like all over the place and I didn't even mean to. (laughs) My mind travels like while I'm talking. So I'm like. I'm like, I was in the middle of my own sentence and my brain just jumped over and there. I'm I was like, like um, can we bring it back?
1: We're busy right now. I don't know if you got the memo, but...
0: And your brain's like, I was busy first, okay? you are trying to sound coherent for people right
1: now. I really need you. This is my time of need and I need you.
0: And your brain's like, I don't care. <laughs> I love you and it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, that's actually one of the really cool things that I liked um about... um when I was in college and I was, and I was experimenting with audio on my own and I was like, oh, let me figure out some more stuff. That was one of the things. I remember hearing it when I was in high school, but I didn't believe it. So then I experimented with it yes. <laughs> when I got yes. older. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's true. So, like, whenever I watch, like, reviews on the Internet about, like, products or I will listen to, you know, um, podcasts or I listen to different things, I was like, I'm going to speed up the audio. And then I did it and I was like, oh my God, this is so much better because then I don't have to sit there and be like, focus, focus, focus. And then I get distracted halfway through it. And then I'm like, and now I got to rewind it five minutes because I spent five minutes not thinking about anything that they just said. I was able to, it it allowed for me to take in information and store it better because it came at me faster. And so my brain was like, oh, okay, I actually have to focus to keep up with this. So yeah, that's one of the things that I really loved about Learning that sort of little tidbit Yeah I mean it doesn't work for everybody Some people are like They need it to be slow And that's cool You you stay slow You stay at the normal speed That's cool But for me It worked a lot So um, fun fact If you're out there in the world And uh, that's something that you Struggle with Try doing that Also though When it comes to learning Something I learned recently Just like As another like Fun fact (laughs) Is that um, Lectures and stuff like this Are like The worst ways to like consume information and process it and 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 keep it. So, when it came to podcasting and I wanted to retain as much information that they had that they were saying, I would speed up the audio to make it faster, but then I'll also do something else. But something that didn't require me to think about it. So, I would do um like I would do laundry. I would do the dishes. Um Or something like that so that way I could, I was focusing on what was being said to me and then also processing it. And also I would write in my journal. Not not like necessarily taking notes on anything because that wasn't really it. But it was more just having something physical that I was writing that helped me to like keep all of it. I don't know. Do you have stuff like that? Do you do something? No, like that? No, no, no,
1: that? I definitely, like, there are things that I kind of hone in. Uh, I love tedious tasks mm-hmm. that don't require much brain power because that's when I feel like, like, my brain can really just kind of, like, do whatever the heck it does. Mm-hmm. Um, my And my dad, like, was, the, of course, is, like, the first one to notice this about me. Like, he's, like, we were opening our, it was when they first started their business. And we were opening their, getting our shop ready. And my dad goes <laughs>
0: so much, like
1: a kid someone just, just like, yelped or something. <laughs> lost something. They sneeze. I don't know. But um uh my dad was like, Come here, Brittany, you'll like this. This is tedious. And it was just like, he's like, Well, you're not wrong. And it was just like painting like the trim or something. And I put on my headphones and I was just like, like hyper focused on this task that he gave me. And I was just like, Wow. You're not wrong. I do, like, tedious things. It soothes soothes my autism. I'm just kidding. Terrible joke. (laughs) Um, uh, My boyfriend always makes fun of me because I'm like, I always, I, uh, this is, it honestly leads me to think that I am because I am, I love routine. It is very <laughs> soothing. He's like, it soothes you. And every time I say routine is soothing, he's like, it soothes your autism. I'm like, I'm so mad at you. Shut up. He's
0: like, you don't know. You don't understand. <laughs> you don't know me. Uh, don't I tell understand. that to my boyfriend all autism. time. I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know me. I'm like, no. yeah, you do. You know me too well. That's the problem. So- One of my questions is, you mentioned that um, you're working on your stage managing studio manager for the manager. broadcasting yeah, yeah, yeah. floor manager and then you sometimes work in the recording like with uh doing the audio and mm. the, the broadcasting room
1: so um to be more specific what i do for as a floor manager is um i keep the studio clean uh i put batteries in all of the microphones and IFBs which is how they hear mm-hmm. what's what's coming next right. um, i get the set pieces where they need to be for specific shots, I give the anchors cues, um, and I give like time cues to the weather people for when they how much time they have left for their little part because they ablib everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I say they ablib everything. They, of course, they have detailed plans and things right, like that. Right, right, right. But anyways, um, so it's and just then, not word for word? Yeah, and then every uh, uh, in addition, um, I cover other people in the because the department i work in is technically called operations Mm -hmm. so it's all the operations that are needed to make sure everything goes on air properly Mm -hmm. so a part of that that there's there's floor managing master control audio the directors and their producers um and then there's a person in a in a spot called operations where they um Route all of the live shots that are used during newscasts and anything else that needs to be recorded over the internet. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, so my job, in addition to knowing how to floor manage, I also know have to know how to, how to run audio for the manual morning show, mm-hmm. and I have to know how to run the operations section. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the in- engineering department, I am the junior engineer, so I am just kind of like right now, I'm just kind of Oh, sorry. I'm, like, involved in, uh, like, one of my main jobs is, like, cable management. So if a new cable needs to be ran, I make sure it's ran properly and that it's terminated properly and that it's ran to from to and from the, the right places. I also kind of help out with, like, maintenance engineering a lot. So right now we're cleaning out the desk of – I say we, we – I'm cleaning out the desk of a recently retired engineer – and I'm also been put in charge of like kind of helping start the process of emptying out the engineering shop because it's going to go under reno- renovations. Um another thing Uh oh, sorry, I just got an email. Um another thing um that I do for the engineering department like learning wise is that anytime anybody's doing something new I'm like just kind of there peeping over the shoulder or anytime anything goes wrong and we're troubleshooting I'm there and I'm learning I'm taking notes I'm figuring out how to do what um we had to recalibrate the monitors for a certain um set piece it's called the big wall and it's made up of like three 18 monitors and we had to recalibrate each individual monitors so I was sitting there and I was taking notes of the step-by-step process like first we hit the menu button and we scroll to this button and then we scroll to that and we adjust this one at a time and all that good fun stuff so I kind of I <clears throat> I'm kind of like the official note taker of the engineering shop too. Mm-hmm. the couple days that I'm there and that we're working on a project I'm the one that's taking all of the notes like okay this is what we did first This is what we started with. This is what we ended up with. This is how we got from here to here. And these are all the steps. In case we ever have to go back, because that's what we're doing right now, we're finding that we're having to go back to a lot of older stuff because everything's changing, Mm -hmm. essentially. We're essentially phasing out all of the analog parts of our air chain to digital and virtual machines. Mm -hmm. And it's nerve-wracking because uh, a lot of the engineers before me didn't take Notes mm-hmm. and the notes that they do have are are not coherent right, so a lot of my job is just being there to take notes and um, learning how to troubleshoot specific problems that go wrong, so if like if the prompter isn't working, um, I'm there just in case the prompter doesn't work on the saturday morning Saturday and Sunday mornings because there's no morning engineer for the morning weekend newscast it's literally just the bare minimum of people that it needs to make the show happen. Mm. And you don't necessarily always need an engineer to make the show happen. But like if something goes wrong with the prompter during the end of the week, then I'm there and I'm helping troubleshoot. So if that same problem occurs on the weekend morning, then I can fix it. Mm. And so I'm learning things like that. Um, audio-wise, things that I'm kind of like learning right now at the job is really just running the board. It's an SSL. Uh, solid State Logic, and it's much like the board from the studio that I worked in at school. Mm-hmm. So it's it's familiar. It's though it's got different, but it's got a different layout though because it's a custom board, and it's also for broadcasting. Um, there's really not much of a difference in the way that it operates from a regular recording desk, mm-hmm. other than the sense that the output is encoded with a video signal that's all coming out of the pr- production control room into the air chain. Mm-hmm. So the production control room isn't the end-all, be-all. It still goes into through all of these other different machines to be transmitted. Yes. And, man, I can barely, like, scratch my fingernail on the surface of how all that shit's happening, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> It is such a mystery to me, and I think that's kind of what's really encouraging my interest in electrical engineering and electronics engineering and in the future um, network engineering because that's just – that's all stuff that just really – it really turns me on, man. I like it. It's awesome. It fascinates me. Thank you.
0: And uh, I guess the last thing that I want to ask you is, like, for people out there, like, what's the best advice that you've ever received in regards to audio and making this sort of life for yourself that you have?
1: Man, um, I guess specifically being a woman in audio, you absolutely have to say something when you see something
0: Okay.
1: in the sense that whether it be like inappropriate behavior with the male counterpart or just kind of knowing that someone is slacking, you know, and it, and you know that because the people around you are slacking that it's not giving you, it's not yielding the best results. Like you're not getting the biggest shows or you're not getting the best recording because someone's not giving their all. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And help that person, you know, kind of either help that person or if it's not going to work out, then definitely like, you know, call call on someone who can help that person Mm -hmm. because you definitely there. It's always just kind of like that. That cliche that is there are those there are evil, two kinds of evil people, evil people who do evil people, evil people who do evil things and people who see evil things being done and don't say anything about it. Okay. And I find myself definitely in the ladder of that predicament quite often, um, being a woman in audio. You just you see things and you see how they can be done better. So I guess my advice would be, don't be afraid to be that person who does it better. Um, especially being a woman, because unfortunately, with our with the stigma of just women being incapable, um, I have found that in my career as a woman, um, uh, there's less room for there's less room for mistakes, you know, and it's easily to, it's really easy to get talk down to um and dismiss because you're a woman and so that's part of i think that's part of seeing you know like you know like that's not right you can't talk to me that way like i'm the front of house engineer here i know everything about this venue you just walked in here right so i think that's definitely that plays into that like you see something you say something if you see someone mistreating you like say something to that person or say something to the upper, to your upper management who hopefully is supportive. And if they're not supportive, then don't be afraid to walk out the door because you don't owe anyone anything. You know, see something, say something. And if saying something doesn't resolve, then move on because you deserve to be in an environment that is healthy and that that you deserve to work with people that know who are going to be there for you. Right. And who will be there to help you do something about the thing that you saw and mm. that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, for sure.
0: Cool. Surround
1: yourself with good people, and when you see something, say something.
0: Got it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> thank I you. Really for appreciate me. it. It's been fun. Yay. Yeah.